Welcome to Under Construction. I'm your host, Marilyn Strickland, CEO of the Seattle Metro Chamber. In each episode, we take you behind the scenes with the people and companies shaping our evolving region. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And if you like what you hear, please rate us and subscribe. And a special thank you to our sponsor, Alaska Airlines. Today, we have two special back-to-back episodes featuring Seattle City Council candidates. This is a chance to get to know the candidates better ahead of the November 5th general election. In Seattle, seven of the nine seats represent a specific district, and all seven district seats are on the ballot this year. You can find what district you live in on the City of Seattle website with their Find Your District tool. We're going to give the candidates 10 minutes each, and you'll get a sense for who they are, how they would think about representing their district, where they stand on the big issues, and you'll get to learn a couple of fun facts about each candidate. We're moving in district order. Now we are going to hear from Heidi Wills, City Council candidate for District 6, which covers Northwest Seattle. Heidi, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Marilyn. So, Heidi, what makes you the best council member for District 6? Well, I've lived in the district for 17 years. I'm a working mom. I'm raising, choosing to raise two teenagers in the district. Um, And I think that's a special lens that I bring um, because we haven't had a working mom raising teenagers on the city council in this millennium. I'm also a small business owner. And I think that's an, another missing voice on the city council, and that's really shown. And I've also um, been a nonprofit director, um, helping youth in South Seattle for 13 years with mentorship programs. And that's another lens that I bring is I, I really think it's important to be thinking about youth development and how our kids can thrive in our city. So you've been knocking on a lot of doors and talking to a lot of voters. Can you tell us what some of the top issues that are specific to District 6? In District 6, um, people really want to see this city council more effectively address the root causes of homelessness. They're also concerned about basic city services, the humble acts of government that are not sexy, but really affect the quality of life in our community. Um, That includes public safety, Um, And in particular, um, in Fremont, where I live, property crime has been up 57% in the last three years. And it's been up 24% in South Ballard, 22% in Greenwood. And as I go door to door, people are really tired of, you know, repeated um, break-ins in their homes and in their cars, cars being stolen. They're just waiting for the city council to prioritize quality of life issues in our neighborhoods and our small business districts. There's also been um, deep neglect, which is basic infrastructure improvements. And people also want to see greater mobility and transportation choices and more affordable housing for Mm -hmm. people of all incomes. Right. You know, and I tell people, um, not just all incomes, but also all stages of your life. Yes. So when you think about the needs of the businesses in your neighborhood business districts, tell us some of the things that you're hearing. Some of the things I'm hearing are, again, about property crime and the repeat offenders with the system failure report that was commissioned by the business improvement districts. Um, Those associations found that there are just a small number of people that are committing a whole lot of crime in our community. And if we could just get at that, it would really, I think, um, help um, 
our small businesses focus on running their businesses Mm -hmm. instead of playing defense against folks who are repeatedly burglarizing their storefronts. Also, they're feeling a a strong disconnect that City Hall is not listening uh, to their concerns. Um, Recently, I met with a business owner in Ballard, um, Tim Baker. He owns Percy's and San Fermo, and he's really frustrated that there's been street closures along Ballard Avenue um, without any heads up. And so when there needs to be a delivery to his business, they're not able to get in. Um, And he he could have easily rescheduled those deliveries if he just had uh, the common courtesy from City Hall to say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to be um, in your community and we want to let you know there's going to be a street closure. Simple things like that can go a long way. You no, know, and, and, you know, what you're talking about is what, you know, what you said earlier, just the basic routine function of local government, not the sexy stuff, yep. nothing that's going to get you a headline, but just the meat and potatoes, nuts and bolts of what you're supposed to do. Yep. So when you think about your district, are there any issues that are unique to your district that may get overlooked by the city as a whole? I think getting back to basic services, you know, for example, the uh, community center at Green Lake, that's one of the most well-utilized community centers in the whole city. Um, it would be about a $25 million renovation. It's not been highlighted um, by City Hall as uh, in need of the services to improve it. And it's uh, it's an asset. It's a treasure. It's an amenity. And families use it. I think that that's just an example of people feeling really frustrated that they're paying their taxes, like businesses are paying their taxes. Too, and just not seeing those services that they're paying for. Yeah. So when you think about your opponent, Heidi, talk to us about why you are better equipped to tackle these issues that you just raised. Well, um, my opponent is currently a city staffer where he's working for a city council member and has for two years. And I've been a former city staffer as well. That was 25 years ago. Um, But I've also been the council member. And there's a big difference. Um, I've also been the principal, right? So I'm a business owner. I've run a nonprofit. And I've balanced budgets. I've hired and fired people. Um, I've had to make payroll. I've paid property taxes and B&O taxes. Um, These are really important skill sets to bring to the table, especially managing a $6 billion budget. So I want to talk about the things that you envision for your city. You said you're the, you know, you're a parent of two teenagers and, you know, you think about this type of city you want for them. So 10 years from now, talk about the ideal city that you envision. I think that um, we would be making room for people um, of all income levels, and we would have housing, as you mentioned, Marilyn, of all shapes and sizes for people at all stages of their lives. I think we'd have thriving parks and open spaces. Um, I think we'd also have thriving small business districts, um, which are really the cornerstone of our neighborhoods. Um, It's what gives us the vibrancy Um, in our community. Um, I think that it's also important that we would have transportation choices, that we'd have a whole array of means to get around our community without the need to have a car. Um, And there's so many people who can't drive, right? They're too old or they're too young or they're sight impaired or they don't have the funds. It costs about $10,000 a year to have a car. So we really need to make investments in our public transportation network. Um, Also, our protected bike lanes and have a view for balance um, as we discuss all these urgent issues. So busy working mom on the campaign trail. Can you tell us something about yourself that we may not know? 
You know, it's only been um, on the campaign that I've talked about this, but I moved 13 times before I graduated from high school. Wow. I went to 10 different schools before. Were you, were you a military? No. I, I'm, uh, I was raised by a single mom, and uh, in one in three kids are being raised by a single parent, yeah. and one-third of those kids are in poverty. Yeah. And I grew up, uh, I was a Head Start kid. I was on the state's free and redu- reduced lunch program. And uh, seeing life through that lens yeah. is maybe another part of the reason why I wanted to give back to youth through a mentorship program. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, a one in four kids in our community right now who are not graduating on time, if at all, from high school. Right. And if they don't, there is a greater likelihood they'll find themselves in the criminal justice system. So we really need to be making investments in young people so that they stay in school and that they have career opportunities. Um, So I'd like to be talking about apprenticeship programs as well so kids can find that there's great paying jobs right here in our own community. Excellent. So, you know, we talk about the challenges that you've seen and heard from our business community with regard to the neighborhood business districts. Can you talk about a business or two in your district that you just love without showing favoritism, but are there any specific businesses that you really just, you know, want to highlight? I'll highlight the Red Door. It's okay. in Fremont. Um, it's where a lot of people love to congregate. Um, since I was in college and I was student body president at the University of Washington, um, we that was like the hangout. Okay. And it's not at the same location it was when I was in college. It's about a block away, but it's it's still a big cornerstone in our community. And the owners, Emily and Pete, Pete Hanning are really um, rock stars in cultivating and building community. In right. fact, Pete is the head of the Fremont Chamber of Commerce. Excellent. Um, so that's one of my favorite businesses in our community. But I could go on and on. There's just so many small business owners who are so engaged in building and creating community. Excellent. And our last question is your walk-up song. You're up to bat. It's the bottom of the ninth inning, and you want a song to motivate you and inspire you and psych out the pitcher. So what is your song, Heidi? Well, I really enjoy the song Geronimo. Uh-huh. by Shepard. Um, but the, this throughout the campaign, for some reason, the song that I can't get out of my head and my kids keep laughing at me is All You Need Is Love by the Beatles. Well, there you have it. Heidi Wills, Seattle City Council candidate, District Number 6, All You Need Is Love. Thank you so much for being with us, Heidi. Thank you, Marilyn. You're listening to Under Construction with Marilyn Strickland. A special thank you to our sponsor, Alaska Airlines. With the most flights from the West Coast of any other airline, local to global connections, award-winning customer service and travel rewards, and a commitment to community and sustainability, you'll fly smart and land happy with Alaska. Now we're going to hear from Jim Pugel, City Council candidate for District 7, which covers Pioneer Square, to Magnolia. Jim, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. So let's talk about District 7, and I'll just start with a very basic question. What makes you the best council member for District 7? Uh, I love the area. I walked all the neighborhoods as a beat officer in the 80s and uh, supervised officers in in the area throughout my career. Probably the most rewarding assignment of all was when I was the precinct commander of the West Precinct, which is the identical footprint of District 7. So I got to know not only the communities and the organizations within the communities, but I also got to know the downtown businesses, whether it was Building Owners and Managers Association, BOMA, 
or uh, Downtown Seattle Association, the Waterfront. Um, there are so many distinct neighborhoods and organizations overlapping those neighborhoods. Um, and the fact that it's the fastest growing residential neighborhood in the city right now, from about Roy Street down to Jackson Street. Incredible growth. So as a police officer for the city of Seattle, you basically have walked the district, you know it well, and you have just have a lot of experience there. Yeah, I've walked it. And now it's really cool that I'm door knocking. And so I'm rewalking all the beats that I used to bet. Yeah. And it's kind of like being a beat officer again, going up, talking and listening to the businesses, listening to the residents and just good interaction. I'm really enjoying it. Excellent. So this is a pretty large district geographically. Where exactly do you live and how long have you lived there? I live on Queen Anne. Okay. I've lived on Queen Anne Hill since 1991. Uh, before that, lived in Fremont for about seven years, four years at the UW uh, when I was a rower. And uh, before that, I was born and raised down in Rainier Valley. So I've been in Seattle my entire life. Right. And we know that you're going to represent a district, but also, too, part of the duty of being a city council member is making decisions that affect city that, are, that happen citywide. Yep. We want a healthy and safe city. Yep. And when you think about the doors that you're knocking on, the people that you're talking to, whether they're businesses or residents, what are the top issues that are being raised by the people that you meet? Certainly uh, one of the most prominent ones is homelessness mm -hmm. and all the uh, spinoff issues that come with homelessness. The vast majority of people that I've listened to, and I've knocked on now over a, about 11,000 doors since March, they want a compassionate but a planned response to homelessness. They want to prevent homelessness. They want to help those who have uh, who are experiencing crisis from their mental illness. Uh, those few who are committing the crimes over and over, they want them to either be diverted or prosecuted. So there's a lot of issues, but it's homelessness and all the ancillary issues that come with it. So there was a recent article in the Seattle Times which said that you and your opponent agree on a lot of issues. But there is some daylight. So what would you say are the primary differences between you and your opponent? Probably the most glaring one is uh, my opponent uh, supports the idea of uh, citing a safe injection site for heroin or opioid users in the district. And um, I sat on the opioid overdose task force for a year that was formed by the county executive and the mayor at the time. I got to know the science behind it, having experienced uh, addiction, uh, people who were addicted during my entire 34-year career in policing. I know a lot about it. And um, the issues, although I support harm reduction uh, completely, uh, the issues that would come along with trying to cite a location and then fight the U.S. Department of Justice, um, when they would come in and sue, uh, they would uh, it, it would take too much money, and I think we should put that money toward uh, medically assisted therapeutic treatment uh, for those who are addicted and other things that can uh, help these people recover. Um, and it, it it would just take too much political capital uh, to try to cite a location. And quite frankly, if there's only one location, this is a region-wide problem. So most of the users are not going to um, score their illegal drug and take the bus downtown or wherever this location would be to shoot up. They are sick um, and they want to consume their 
drug as soon as possible, so they're going to consume it soon after they purchase it. So when you think about District 7, and, you know, we know that the center of a lot of jobs that pay well are in the middle of the district, can you talk about some things that often get overlooked by the city as a whole when it comes to District 7? I think just the overall cleanliness, um, that uh, really manifested itself in the mid-90s. That is what gave rise and birth to the uh, Metropolitan Improvement District, the MID, and uh, the Safe Ambassador Program, the Clean and Safe Program, uh, it, it, the uh, care uh, of, of the streets, of the parks was not up to what it should be. And so the DSA stepped up and in partnership with the city helped create a safer place that was more organized. Um, I think another thing that, looks, that gets looked over is the arts and culture environment within uh, the district. It's, uh, the seventh district is home to about 300 distinct cultural and arts groups or locations, uh, whether it's the Fifth Avenue Theater, the Paramount, the Seattle Art Museum, the Outdoor Seattle Art, Art Museum, the Pacific Science Center. I mean, I can go on and on with all the distinct culturally rich areas that there. And it not only draws people from Seattle and not only from King County, but most of Western Washington. All right. So when you think about Seattle in the next decade, and you've worked here for a long time as a police officer, can you talk about what you think it can be in 10 years with the right leadership? Well, there's no doubt that we're going to continue to grow. We're going to, right now, we're almost at 800,000 people in the city. In 10 years, we'll probably add another 60,000. So it's going to be a lot more density as far as housing. We're going to see a lot of older buildings in the Denny regrade in Belltown, in Uptown, taken out and more dense housing, high rises put in to accommodate the growth. I still want to see some distinct neighborhoods, though, that have single family houses. I've, I've heard from young couples um, who make a fair amount of money, uh, but they are saving now and they're living in a small apartment or condominium downtown, but their goal is to get a single family house in one of the traditional neighborhoods and raise their children there and just 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 have a yard. Um, yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of change. Um, I I do not believe that Seattle is dying, uh, uh, but it has to be nurtured and cared for. No, I would agree. So let's talk about businesses that you frequent as someone who lives in a neighborhood, and we don't want to show favoritism, but are there any specific businesses that you really love in your district, and what's special about them? I hope my wife's not listening. Uh, Dick's Hamburgers. <laughs> Um, down there on Lower Queen Anne. I love their milkshakes. I love their fries. I love two specials. Their fries are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, La Rev Bakery up on top of the hill. Great French bakery. Um, God, there's so many good places. Uh, I I mean, I could go on and on, but those, those ones just tend to pop out right now. I also like shopping at Ken's Market up there at 6 West and McGraw. Um, Going over for a burger at Maggie's Bluff over over in Magnolia. Yeah, there's just a lot of great restaurants, a lot of good bakeries, a lot of cool little grocery stores. No, I, I would say that's one of the most interesting changes you've seen in Seattle as a result of girls. Like just, just a lot of really good places to eat. I think Seattle really is a foodie town. It is. 
All right, so let's get a little personal here and tell us something about yourself that may surprise our listeners. Well, I could barely talk until I was about 20. I was a, a very serious stutter. Um, I, I, I could barely string three or four words together. I went through a lot of speech therapy for years and years and years, and people cannot believe now that I could barely talk uh, until I was about 20. Wow, interesting. And tell us how you like to spend your time off, you know, when you're not busy campaigning and doing all the other things you do. Sure. Um, I've got two grandsons. I usually get to watch them on uh, Sundays to give my daughter and her husband a break. I love working out, um, love walking my dog. Uh, my wife and I love walking on the beach and uh, cooking at home. Yeah, just time, time off is nice. Quality time yes. with your family. One question we always ask is, so it's the bottom of the ninth, you're going up to bat, you need a song to energize you and to psych out that pitcher. What's your walk-up song, Jim? Oh, boy. Uh, anything by Barry White and the Love Unlimited Orchestra. I love it. Yeah. The 70s are here. Yeah. <laughs> they never left. <laughs> All right. Well... That wraps up our interview with Jim Pugil. Again, Jim Pugil is a city council candidate for District Number 7. We thank you for being on our show today. Thank you. You've been listening to Under Construction with Marilyn Strickland. Thanks for listening in, and we hope you return. Special thank you to our producers, Alicia Teal and Maggie Wilson of the Seattle Metro Chamber and our engineers at Cloud Studios here in Seattle. And thank you to our sponsor, Alaska Airlines. To learn more about the podcast, visit seattlechamber.com slash underconstruction. And stay in touch. Follow the Seattle Metropolitan Chamber of Commerce on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Seattle Chamber.